This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Ryan Jenkins and Stephen Van Cohen are founders of LessLonely.com, the world's number one resource for addressing workplace loneliness and creating more belonging at work. They are also authors of Connectable, How Leaders Can Move Teams from Isolated to All-In. Collectively, they spend over 20 years of experience helping organizations like Coca-Cola, the Home Depot, State Farm, John Deere, Delta Airlines, and Salesforce improve their teams. Their work has been featured in Fast Company, Forbes, Wall Street Journal, Success, Inc., and Entrepreneur Magazine. Ryan and Steven, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, thanks for, for having us. us. And this is a quite a treat to my listener because I usually don't have two guests. And so if we step over each other and bumble along the way, just know we're just trying to provide a month of value and we're not trying to get this perfect. So if you're expecting perfection, you're listening to the wrong podcast because I don't do perfection. And I talked to Ryan and Steven before we get started and they don't do it either. So here's how we're going to do this because normally I'm used to one guest. We're just going to start with Steven. Steven, Let's launch this thing, this 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 podcast about loneliness at work. Tell us more about that. Well, you know, loneliness is a human emotion, just like hunger or fear or disappointment or angst. And yet loneliness is something that we don't discuss at work. Um, and we should, because Ryan and I have spent the last two years doing research on loneliness, specifically as it relates to performance in the workplace. And what we've uncovered is pretty alarming. So we spent two years and we've interviewed 2,000 global workers and we found that 72% of the global workforce feels lonely on a monthly basis with 55% feeling lonely uh, on a weekly basis, which is alarming to think that more than half of the world's population is going to work not feeling fully seen, feeling disconnected. Wow. Uh, not feeling like they are connecting as deeply with the work or their teammates or their leader or the organization as they should. And our research uh, has proven that that impacts engagement, retention, performance, and overall well-being. So huge topic, lots to unpack, but at the kind of tippy top of what we're going to discuss, this is a growing problem that has some serious ramifications. Ryan, why do you think people don't like to discuss being lonely at work? It has been a topic that has been shrouded in shame for, in Steve and I's opinion, far too long. And it, it makes sense that it's it's been that way because, you know, if you're experiencing loneliness, then uh, the, 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 the knee-jerk reaction is, well, there's something wrong with me. I, I don't belong with this group and therefore uh, you, pull your, you pull away. And so it's not, um, it's not surprising that it's not something we want to talk about. And one of the big pr- messages we want to construe through the book and through conversations like this is it's not shameful. It's a signal and it's just a signal that we belong together. So if we experience that sense of disconnection or isolation or loneliness, that is our biological cue that, that we belong and we're better together. And so we should use that to solidify and to strengthen those connections and we believe that work's the best place to do that, right? That That's where we spend most of our waking hours. There, there's natural connections that happen at work. There's We can find purpose. Uh, there's learning. Learning starves loneliness. Um, there's routine that's wrapped up in work. So there's so many loneliness lifelines. And that's why we wanted to focus our attention in the workplace and having addressing this, this big epidemic that Steve uh, highlighted with some of those statistics. So um, yeah, it's not shameful. It's a signal. Steven, let me ask you this question because I'm a solopreneur. I work from home and 
I don't feel alone. Uh, you know, I do, you know, membership calls with my members of my, uh, well, my membership. That's why it's called a membership. Uh, I do Zoom calls with clients. I, I Zoom calls with mastermind people, but I don't feel alone. And most people may think, well, you're all alone at home. I mean, you just have your dog. Why aren't you lonely? Why are some people that work from home alone don't feel alone, but other people do? Well, loneliness is not the absence of people. It's the absence of connection, mm. right? So you could essentially be in a crowded office with lots of other human beings circling around and feel like debilitatingly lonely, or you can be on a remote team and feel totally connected because what matters is the quality of the connection. And a lot of it is making sure that you're taking time to connect above and beyond like Hey, how was your day? How was your weekend? Good, good. Okay, let's jump in to do what we have to do from a work standpoint. When we can take time to actually connect as people and really see how we're doing and really kind of bake in that intentionality of making sure we're each feeling seen in that exchange, that's enough. You know, one of my clients was in Canada um, and she lives in Canada. And while all of the restrictions were really starting to get crazy and, you know, she couldn't really go anywhere and she lives by herself with a dog. And, you know, I asked her, I said, well, how have you been feeling during this whole, you know, kind of isolation and disconnection experience? And she said, I actually feel really good. She goes, every day when I walk my dog, I make it a point to talk to at least five people that I interact with on, on that, you know, few minute stroll through the neighborhood. And she said, this simple act of smiling and just seeing how people are doing and having those little micro conversations was enough for her to feel fully connected during the heart of the pandemic. So it's more about the intentionality between those exchanges than just being around lots of people. I love how you said that because it's more about connection. Uh, Ryan, did you want to add anything to what Steven said? I just want to go back to your uh, you know, you personally, you said that you don't experience that even though you, you, you are quote unquote isolated and we found it to be true. I mean, some people don't, it's a subjective feeling loneliness, right? So some people are going to feel it and experience it differently than others. Um, but one of the things in your specific case, Mark, I know I'm passionate about the work that you do. And so I feel you probably have a very strong connection to the work that you do and the people that you serve through your work. Um, so that probably um, really helps to kind of buffer from this experience of, of loneliness and isolation. So back to Steve's point, this idea that loneliness is not the absence of people, it's the absence of connection. Well, there's lots of connections we can have, right? We can have connections with other people. There's also connection with oneself. There's connection with the work that we do, connection with, you know, spiritual. There's all kinds of other connections that we have to tend to if we're going to ward off loneliness and ultimately keep a healthier state of mind. Hmm. Very well said. And a uh, question I have for you, Steve, is I guess I'll start calling you Steve because Ryan's calling you Steve. I'm calling you Steven because <laughs> that's what they told me to call you, but I'll call you Steve. Uh, <laughs> let's go from... From someone working from home, let's go into the corporate world because I think this ugly monster of COVID is finally going to leave us alone. It's going away into the abyss. Yay, goodbye. We never want to see you again. People are going back to the office. What are some things, I'm going to ask you, what are some things that the leader can do? And then we're going to go to Ryan and we're going to ask Ryan, what are some things that the employee can use? So Ryan, you have the, you have the advantage because you have some time to think about your answer, but Steve, uh, what are some things that a leader can do in order to help an employee who is struggling with being isolated? Well, 
the first thing is to to look into your team. So there's this really great line by Ansel Adams, and she said, and, and Ansel says, photos are usually looked at, seldom looked into. Mm. Meaning that as a leader, we see our team, we kind of pay loose attention to how people are doing or how they're showing up or what their, you know, kind of uh, demeanor is day in and day out. But because we're shifting back into a, a kind of a different work world than what we've been used to for the past couple of years, there are going to be some growing pains and leaders are going to need to start paying extra close attention to the team and to how each individual is showing up. Because if they can start to pinpoint Maybe that this person's maybe looking a little bit disconnected or isn't acting like he or she thought they might. That's a cue and a sign to begin doing something. So that would be the first step in strategy is to start to pay more close attention to how the team's interacting. But then from a tactical standpoint, what can a leader do? The leader has to find ways to like allow for connection to take place that isn't above and beyond the work kind of paradigm. So Happy hours tend to not work because it's after hours. People are already tired. You're asking them to do things away from their family and their friends. And when we try to like increase our dynamic and our connectability uh, away from work, it doesn't go well. So what leaders have to start doing is they have to find ways to connect in the workplace during working hours that isn't disruptive. So one of the uh, activities we do is with one of our clients, Kohl's, the big retailer, um, is a client of ours. And some of the leaders do an activity every Monday morning called show and tell, just like what we did when we were 10 years old, right? Like you bring an artifact from home, you share with the team Monday morning why that's so important to you. And it takes a few minutes, but what it does is it gives the team a glimpse into that person beyond their work persona, and it goes deeper into who they are as a, you know, as a wife, a husband, a mom, uh, a skier, you know, a marathon runner, whatever it is. And those are the moments where we can start to build more understanding and that helps create more connectedness and belonging. So finding ways to do things like that from a leadership standpoint is really important. You know, Steve, you took me way back when you said show and tell. I'm thinking when I did show and tell in grammar school, and I'm like, thank goodness I do not remember some of the things I showed and told about because I'm sure they were important to me then, but right now it'd be kind of embarrassing. Ryan, what are some things that the individual employee can do to fight this thing called isolation? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is to do not underestimate the power of connections human connection. Do not underestimate the power of human connection. So let me give you, um, step back and give you a little bit more context, then I'll fill in the blanks and give you something even more specific for folks to be thinking about. Um, but in the research that we looked at and we put in the book, it was clear that people consistently and wildly underestimate how well or how, how, how boosted their well-being becomes and how much more happy and satisfied and content they are after spending time interacting with others. Time and time again, after research after research, when people are surveyed before a specific, a specific study, they'll, they would say, I'm going to be, I don't want to interact with somebody. Like I'm going to, it's going to be less, um, less satisfying and it's going to take up time and I don't want to do it. But then after they ha had some specific interaction, they always reported a boosted well being and to be happier and more content. Whether they were introverted or extroverted didn't matter. And, and I think that's, that's what's happening today is right. Is we, and that's what's happening with this conversation right now is, 
in the work world is that are we choosing remote work or hybrid or in person? And I think a lot of us are looking towards remote work because it's the convenient thing. And again, we're misleading our brains, misleading us saying, well, I don't need human connection. It's, it's, it's inconvenient to be around people interacting. And that might not, you know, we got to be careful because remote work, it's here to stay. And of course we're going to be using it, but I think we got to counterbalance that with, with strengthening our connections. And so if you're heading back to the office or you're not, um, we, you got to be hyper-focused on how do you cultivate more of these, these deep human connections with the folks that you're interacting with. And one way to do this, again, is not uh, first, don't underestimate the power of human connection. But one way to do this is through what's called peer coaching. So it's finding someone that um, is a peer of yours and engage in a relationship that it's, it's, it's non-evaluative. That's really important. It's not evaluative And you just spend time c- conversing about work and life. And you just, you keep each other accountable, but you just, it's a safe environment where you're consistently sharing. So whether you're inside a large organization, find a peer where you can engage in those peer conversations, or if you're a solo, a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, you know, find masterminds and these other environments can be really helpful where you can, you know, bring both work and life to the table and start getting, uh, you know, connecting on a deeper level with some of the folks that are around you. So that would be my my uh, one quick tip for for folks getting back in the office. Excellent. What I want to do now is I want to flip your role. So Steve, you're going to tell us about at least one mistake that an employee makes when they're trying to deal with isolation. And Ryan, I'm sure you can see into the future. I'm going to ask you to tell us a mistake a leader makes when they're trying to help an employee with isolation. So I'll give you guys both a chance to do both employee and leader. So Steve, what is something that an employee does that is, in your opinion, with all the research you've done, that's a mistake when they're trying to deal or maybe come out of their turtle shell? Yeah. Well, it's really interesting. You'd think that when somebody feels lonely or disconnected, they would move towards others or they would start to seek solutions to get them back to like a more connected and, and healthy state. It's not like that. It's like a snake that eats itself. So when you start to feel lonely, you tend to retreat and you become more lonely. And then that reinforces this signal of, yeah, I do need to kind of just put myself away from others. And you, you don't end up getting the help that you need, or you don't end up doing the things that you should be doing in order to feel more connected. So at work, one of the ways that this can show up is continuing to leverage what we'll call uh, convenience over connection. So when we communicate, communication right now is usually in the form of emails, texts, and instant messages, right? Like most of my day is spent using those forms of communication and they're frictionless and they're easy and they're the norm. And we tend to just default to that kind of easy state. And if I'm feeling lonely, the last thing I want to do is get on a phone call or see someone face to face. So I'm going to default to those, those, you know, different types of modalities. However, communication is not connection. And those text email IMs do not create the kind of opportunity to actually feel connected. So if I'm an employee and if I'm feeling disconnected or if I'm an entrepreneur or solopreneur, solopreneur, what we have to do is we have to start trading high tech for high touch. And what that means is not every email, not every IM, not every text, but we have to start figuring out, hey, maybe every day, one email, I'm going to convert into a phone call or one text, I'm going to convert into scheduling a quick 10 minute Zoom session. Because when we can have phone calls or face-to-face conversations, that's the opportunities where we can start to feel a bit more connected. So trading high tech for high touch would be the recommendation 
um, that I would provide. How would you like to get my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs absolutely free? Well, you can. All you have to do is go to top5productivitytips.com. That's the number five, top5productivitytips.com to get my, well, top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs. You know, one of the things I do to mix things up is I'm a huge fan of Snapchat. So listener, if you are on Snapchat, Go look for Mark Stuchowski on Snapchat. I'm 56 years young and I love Snapchat, but they've got this app that they purchased called Bitmoji. And sometimes when I'll send a text or I'll send a LinkedIn DM, I'll go grab a Bitmoji because it's, it's kind of different. It's not just plain text. So I think mixing up, mixing things up as well will help too. So Ryan, what is a mistake that a leader makes when they're trying to help someone, an employee deal with isolation? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of both of your last two statements to give you one tip. I'm going to give you a second tip bonus. Um, And what you just mentioned there, Mark, as far as, you know, Snapchat using Bitmoji, you know, the science proves that actually the same part of the brain that registers uh, your processes, human faces actually processes emojis. Or, you know, if you put in uh, a a Bitmoji is with some kind of facial uh, expression as well. And so, while this might seem juvenile at times, that's actually a subtle way to clarify your emotional intent in your communications. And because we're using more and more digital communications these days, one way to create a little bit more of an edge when it comes to connection is to use some of these other tools that are at our disposal. Now, a, a quick pitfall, and I think this this is leading to, or the one of two answers to your question around what our leaders get wrong. And I think they get wrong that, that communication is connecting. They're not the same thing, right? We communicate all day. We're communicating, uh, texting, email, you know, all, all kinds of different forms these days. It's complex. There's a lot of options, but oftentimes we think, okay, well, if I'm connecting or communicating, excuse me, with my team members, I'm connecting. We're creating a connection and we'll be able to move our relationships forward. And that's just not the case, right? So we need to spend that little extra time, um, maybe exploring something personal or, um, really being more specific about what it is that those skill sets or the, how that individual did it on a certain project. We have to be a little bit more intentional because communication and connecting happens in different parts of the brain. So that's a big one. The second one that I would share is, and now I'm blanking on it. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's this idea that uh, um, I, I that's okay. It'll we'll come we'll back, come to back. You'll, yeah. you'll remember it because your door is closed in your room. So it's somewhere in your room. We'll come <laughs> back to it. But right now I want to pivot to story time. So, You guys have talked to a lot of people, a lot of companies, a lot of employees, and I'd like each of you to pick your favorite story. It could be a success. It could be a big problem. I I don't want this story to be, you know, three hours long, just a story because I really want to take this home with the listener. And I know that stories are really powerful. So Steve, we'll start with you. Share us a story with a client you dealt with and maybe the outcome of that. One of my favorite stories comes from a woman named Felicia White. She's the VP of Learning and Development for Church's Chicken. So for anybody out there who's ever eaten delicious Church's Chicken, you probably don't think about uh, the way in which all of those employees connect with each other. And yet, Felicia uh, should put on a masterclass of connection. So we interviewed her for the book, and she said something really powerful that is an underlying theme through one of the biggest pitfalls with work and uh, it's something that we need to talk about. So she said, you know, during the the heart of the pandemic, she said, when 
something starts to impact all of our employees on a personal level, you need to start getting down to a personal level with all of these employees that you have. And one of the paradigms that I hate about work is this idea of like your workplace self and your personal self, and there's no mixing between the two. You almost leave all of your emotions and all the things that are going on in your life, you know, as soon as you walk through the doors of your work, but we know that you cannot do that, right? Our brain cannot compartmentalize our emotions that way. And when we look at organizations that are thriving and the cultures that are so desirable that people want to be a part of, work and life they're not like this. They're like this, right? They come together and they blend. So during the heart of the pandemic, Felicia got really creative with how to make sure that all of the people within Church's Chicken started to feel seen. So she did these really cool activities, like she had a karaoke challenge where people got to sign up. And like if they were brave enough, they got to just sing their favorite song. Um, she had these Facebook like support groups where people could essentially all get into the church's chicken Facebook group and they were just sharing and talking about things that were going on in their life. They had office tours where people would show off their home and they'd meet their spouse or show off their dog. The key is she just got really creative to make it a priority to connect on a personal level. And she made it fun and safe. Uh, and she did it during working hours. And that line of when something happens that's personal, we have to get to the personal level. Um, and she said it made a huge difference. She said her team never became more connected than they did during the pandemic. And for a lot of teams, you, we can't say that, right? Because the, the pandemic created a big chasm of deep disconnection. Um, so kudos to her. And we talked about that story in the book. And it's, it was a pretty cool one. There's a show on Apple TV Plus called Severance. Have either one of you heard about it? No. I've seen the previews and it looks really fascinating. It is an incredible show. My wife and I have watched the first three episodes. And the reason why I bring that up is because the premise of the show is, is they are, they have this thing injected in their brains where when they're at work, they don't know about their home life. And when they're at home, they don't know about their work life. True work life uh, separation here. I mean, literally, they don't know what they do for work. And when they're at work, they have no idea what they do. They call them their, when they're at work, they're called their innies. And when they're out, it's called the outies. Very fascinating show. When I first heard about it, I went to look it up on IMDb. It got like nine out of 10 ratings. I, like, I got to check this show out. And I'm like, it was so hot that they already have the second season. They're only in third, the third episode of the first season. So I highly recommend go spend the five bucks to get Apple TV plus for a month. Check out severance. It is an incredibly well-designed show. It's, I think part of the reason why it's unique is I've never seen a show like this before. And whenever something is totally unique, like the movie, I think it was what stay quiet. Remember a couple of years ago, you, you can't make any sounds. That was so unique. It made big waves and then they ruined it with another movie. Just sometimes you just got to keep the, <laughs> the, the, the regular, the, the first show. So go check out severance on Apple TV plus. So Ryan story time for you, my friend. Yeah. It, just to comment on your statement there. Um, it does look so fascinating and, and I'm, I'm always trying to keep abreast of all these, these what's happening in culture because it's a signifier. And so I think what that, the success of that show is signifying is that we're having a hard time balancing these two things. And we wish we had, we had more, more clarity in some of these boundaries. And so I think that's, that's what that speaks to me, the success of this, the show and why I'm interested in watching it as well. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to answer your question hopefully. And, and you're right. That my, that idea was bouncing around my head and I, I yes. got it. 
and I'll put them all together here. So the the two of two uh, statements I was going to give about what leaders get wrong, one of your previous statements was that leaders get wrong that, that they assume loneliness isn't their problem, right? That that is a personal issue for an employee. And based on this conversation we're having right now, work and life are blending like we've never seen before. So we're bringing more of our personal life into work and we're bringing our work lives into into the home environment. And so we're, we're, we're bringing more of our whole selves to work. And um, so these challenges are now, you know, on the table for leaders that they have to address. And so the, the analogy Steve and I use in the book is this idea of when your team's on the bus, their mental health and their well-being is your responsibility and creating the environments that are going to nurture and best support uh, mental health and their well-being. Of course, loneliness is a big part of that. And so we're not asking folks, we're not asking leaders and folks to be psychologists or therapists. We're just asking you to spend a little bit extra attention to understand some of the signifiers so that you can help your folks to connect with the work and their team and show up more fully. Because the research shows that when we experience loneliness, our brain, it's the spot that shows up when we experience exclusion or loneliness is the same part of the brain that registers physical pain. And so when if, if we have a a bleeding appendage, we're not going to be producing the best work for our teammates or clients or customers, right? So the same is true. If we're, if we're feeling dis- disconnected, isolated, alone, uh, we're not going to be able to produce and high perform and connect and best serve clients, customers, et cetera. So this is why it's such an important conversation. And the good thing, the good news here in all this is it doesn't take much. It only takes research shows 40 seconds, a 40 second interaction to lessen loneliness. And to, to round this out, an example and story of one of uh, the group that we uh, had discussions with, and actually a lot of clients are starting to do more and more of this, is they spend just five minutes at the top of their team meetings, just five minutes, and they have one person share something that's non-work related. And so an example that they recently that was given was um, there, there was this researcher uh, that everyone saw as very data analytic and kind of... Uh, you know, just introverted. And she began showing photos of her training for her marathon. And it actually came to light that she was a past uh, Olympian and she just has this passion for running. And now the whole team who once just saw her as this researcher, and that was the only role she had, they now saw the entire human behind the job. And that created more connections uh, for that team. And of course, they did that for all the teams, you know, throughout weeks, and they constantly are, are, are sharing new things. So it's a subtle way. It doesn't take much just as leaders and as folks that are, want to create a more connected and healthier uh, work environments and teams. We've just got to spend a little extra effort uh, connecting one another. I love that. And as anyone who's ever listened to my podcast before, if you're new, welcome. Uh, they know I've been running every day since August 29th, 2017, over 1,645 days in a row. And I share that on, right. on no. social media. Because I'm not just a productivity guy. I'm not just a podcaster. I'm actually a runner. I'm a a master of a dog. I love my pup. And and I think not just so much at work, I mean, at work, but you also have to share your life because people don't want to look at you as someone they send money to. Oh, you run? So do I. Oh, you like this kind of music? So do I. And it actually fosters, oh, I don't know, connection. So there we go, tying it all back in. So. One, yes, one real quick thing, Mark, to, to put an end cap on that. A good question that folks can ask themselves is, am I relatable? And that's really good question for leaders to ask because so often we just get so focused in got to do this, got to do this, output, output. But ask, what, am I relatable? Have you shared something recently 
that the team would find relatable. And if not, it might be time to do so because those connections might be wearing thin, if not. Love it. Okay, so we come back to you, Steve. Is there anything on the show that we didn't talk about that you feel on your heart that would benefit the listener? Yeah, Ryan alluded to it um, briefly early on, but I want to go quickly a bit more in detail because when we think of loneliness, kind of the default knee-jerk reaction is, well, just go talk to more people, right? Like you need to go forward more connections. And if you do that, it's going to be the quickest way to go from feeling lonely to feeling um, more part of the fabric of society. But what's interesting is the quickest way to essentially get back to feeling connected is through purpose. And one of the reasons why work is the greatest place to lessen loneliness is because purpose is almost you know, embedded in, in what we do every single day. And what happens is when we feel important, when we can draw a straight line from the work we do to the impact that it has, that experience creates a whole nother sense of worth right? And part of why we feel lonely is because we don't feel worthy or we don't feel confident in the interactions that we have. So for those who might be feeling a bit disconnected, taking time to identify the beneficiaries of your labor and just going through an exercise of saying like, I get to do this and here's all the great things that happen because of my contributions. That's the quickest way for someone to get back into feeling a bit more connected with the people around them. Um, and it's not intuitive. It's not something we would naturally do. So that's one of the last things I would like to share because uh, it's such a valuable thought that most people don't think about. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Ryan, is there anything you didn't get a chance to share on the show that you, that's on your heart? My favorite quote that we included in the book was by Robin Williams. It's really powerful. He said, I used to think the worst thing in life was to end up all alone. It's not. The worst thing in life is to end up with people who make you feel all alone. And I think that's a, it should be a wake up call for all of us. And, and a universal relationship rule should be that to never make someone feel alone, especially when you're with them. So that's on all of us, right? We're only as connected as the loneliest member of humanity. So we have to be more present and we have to know that connection matters. We're wildly underestimating it. And so spend those extra moments being present with everyone around you. And if you're a leader of a team, this is especially important from you because if folks on your team are feeling detached and disconnected, that's on you. And so there's subtle things you can do. We hope that our book's a a tremendous resource to help folks with that. Uh, And that would be my closing comment. And to get real practical for you, listener, four words, put the phone down and pay attention. Okay. (laughs) Put the phone down. It can wait. If there's someone in front of you, they should be the most important thing that you're dealing with unless you get like an emergency phone call. So put the phone down. Uh, So gentlemen, I really appreciate you being here. There's two of you. So I don't know who wants to answer this final question because there's probably only one answer. Oh, we have Ryan raised his hand. Where can we go to find out more about you and the dent y'all are putting in the universe? Lesslonely.com. That's the mothership. So lesslonely.com. That's where you can see the book. We've created physical products to help folks get more connected with humanity. We've got an assessment. It's the world's first assessment to actually measure how strongly connected teams are. There's a personal assessment to assess how strongly you're connected to uh, others around you. So the book is broaching the topic and there's a ton of strategies in it, but we've created all these tools to help folks really connect. We are on a mission to erode loneliness. And then 
uh, on across all social media. You can find Steve and I at at Ryan and Steven. Again, that's at Ryan and Steven. And again, check us out at lesslonely.com. I love the fact how you called it the mothership. <laughs> that is so awesome. I want to thank you, gentlemen, both for being on the show. This is a very powerful topic. And, uh, you know, listener, if you got value out of this episode, if you didn't, uh, I can't, I, I can't answer that, but share this episode with someone because you probably know someone who's either a leader who has team members who are dealing with loneliness, or you, maybe, you know, someone who's dealing with loneliness, they need to hear what Ryan and Steve said. So please share this episode, guys. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark. And before we go, I just want to say thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Mark Stuchowski podcast. I know that there is an endless stream of options for you in this day and age, but you took the time to listen to the episode, and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Don't forget to head on over to top5productivitytips.com and get my gift to you, my top five productivity tips. Remember, it's the number five in top5productivitytips.com. They will serve you well. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. We'll see you again real soon.